Heavenly Father, thank you again for another opportunity that we have uh, to get together as a church. Uh, we don't know how long uh, we have this freedom in this country to get together. And every opportunity is uh, so precious for us. We don't take for granted this time that you give us today, that you give us health to be here together. And uh, with the only purpose is uh, to worship you and to know you more and more. We pray that the Holy Spirit uh, take uh, uh, the place of this uh, in our hearts and with all liberty teach us what is uh, you have been prepared for us. Uh, help us to open our hearts, open our ears, uh, to obey your word and um, to do what is important in life. We pray this in the precious name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. Let me tell you that one of my biggest privileges in life is to be a father. Uh, especially when uh, you had, uh, I have been a father for a few years now with a few kids. Uh, my life changed completely. Uh, in the past we talked, you know, my wife and myself and just that two of us, and then uh, looking back 20 years now, uh, suddenly the, the, the life changed completely as, 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 a, as, as a father. In one hand, you have the responsibility to do what is uh, right uh, in front of your kids, and on the other hand, you have the privilege to see them, to grow, and to uh, take care of them and how they respond uh, to the things that is, uh, uh, is important for us as our parents. Uh, I, I, I'm not a perfect father. Uh, never, never take me as a model because uh, you will be very disappointed. But uh, I think God gives us grace. Uh, if you want to do his will as a father, he gives us his, his grace to do what uh, we're supposed to do. Uh, and to fulfill the role as a father in the family. Well, what happened is uh, a few years, a few weeks ago, uh, I went out to the garage in my house, and then suddenly I saw one of my kids washing my car, and I didn't tell her to wash my car, but I saw with happily she was singing and washing the car. Um, and, and, and I feel really happy. I said, well, I don't need to wash my car by myself. And, and uh, Lily was really happy in the garage just washing the car. And I thought on myself, well, normally when I go to the, to the cash war, to the, to the wash car, I pay 20, 20 bucks, you know, to, to, to do the, the, the car. And I thought, well, Lily, I will pay you $10, $10 because you wash my car. And I think it was a good deal. And she was happy because she didn't expect no money, uh, but now she will have $10. And I think it was a good deal. Now we make the deal and say, yeah, she continued washing the car. A few minutes later, uh, I, I told to Brianna, my other daughter, if you wash my car inside and vacuum my car, I will give another $10. And she said, oh, really? Yeah. Just go. And, uh, and she was just taking the vacuum cleaner and trying to clean the, the inside the car. And still, I think, was a good deal. You know, to wash the whole car for 20 bucks, and I don't need to do myself. I don't know how uh, the quality of the service but I said, well, I don't need to wash my car that week because the two kids are, are washing the car. Suddenly, little Josiah came and said, I heard that you are paying money because you are, uh, for washing the car. What I can do for you? And I said, oh, boy, this is more expensive now. And I said to Josiah, uh, well, just go there and wash the wheels. Uh, because th th this is what he, he can do. Uh, and, and if you wash the, the, the wheels, I can pay you $5. And still, I think this is a good deal. You know, the whole 
combo, the whole thing for $25. And all the three kids there were so happy washing the car and tried to finish everything inside, outside. And um, after a few minutes, they, they finish. And um, I go to the room where the three day was finished, and there was a little discussion. There was discussion, the three of them, uh, and they were not happy. Because one of them, they said, well, you have the same $10 only for vacuum inside. When I did all the job to wash the whole car outside, it's, it's not fair. And they were <laughs> discussed. And then Josiah figured out that uh, they were paid $10, and he will pay $5. And he said, it's not fair. I want my $10. <laughs> and and um, well, I said, well, I pay you what, we, what was that deal. I pay you $10, $10, and $5 because this was the deal. And you need to be happy because you finish your job and you get uh, what was promised for me. But this remember me a story in the Bible, a story about fairness. Uh, the Bible tells us uh, uh, about uh, fairness, and fairness is, uh, depends on your expectation. You know, every one of my kids have different expectations, and they think that the deal was not really fair because they have different expectations. And, and sometimes uh, some people think, you know, God is not fair. God is not fair with me. God is not fair with that situation. God is not fair. And we will see what happened in this story. This is a parable in Matthew chapter 20. And if you open your Bible, Matthew chapter 20, uh, we will read uh, this parable. And it's a, it's a wonderful story about fairness. Uh, and if you stand up just to read the first eight uh, verses of this passage, the Bible says, Matthew chapter 20, For the kingdom of heaven is like unto a man that is a householder, who is went out early in the morning to hire laborers into his vineyard. And when he had agreed with them, with, with the laborers, for a penny a day, he went them into the vineyard. And he went out about the third hour and saw others standing idle in the, in the marketplace and said unto them, Go ye also into the vineyard, and what, what, whatsoever is right I will give you. And they went their way. Again, he went out about the sixth and the ninth hour, and did likewise. And about the eleventh hour he went out and found others standing idle, and uh, said unto them, why stand here all the day idle? They said unto him, Because no man had hired us. He said unto them, Go ye also into the vineyard, and whatsoever is right, shall, that shall you receive. So when, when uh, Evan was come to the Lord of the vineyard, said unto his steward, Call the laborers and give them their hire, beginning from the last unto the first. You can be seated. This is, this is a parable uh, talking, and the Lord Jesus was uh, giving this parable to his disciples. And uh, what is a, a parable? It's a, 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 a story with a teachable application. It's a story, it's not real, it's a story. But it's important because there is a teachable application and it's a story that makes you think. It's a story that makes you think. Uh, you can bring your own conclusion out of the story, uh, but there is principles on the story that you can apply in your, 
life or in the situation, similar situation. And uh, this, uh, this story is about the kingdom of heaven. Because verse 1 says, the kingdom of heaven is like, and start the story. So, this story is trying to describe not the physical aspect of the kingdom of heaven, but it's trying to describe what are the rewards that are in heaven. This is important when we consider this parable. The story tells us that it's a very simple story. The story tells us that this, there is an owner, there is a, 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 the Lord of the vineyard, that they need people to work for them. And they go uh, uh, very early in the morning. Uh, I suppose this was uh, season time when they need all the laborers to, to harvest uh, in, in, in the farm. Because otherwise they, they will waste uh, time and, and potentially the, the product, they, they will be waste. So they need a lot of people. The, the Lord of the vineyard go early in the morning. Uh, I suppose it's six in the morning. And, and this is my, my supposition because we will see what happened with the time that is important. Six in the morning, he found a group of people. And uh, uh, they, the, the Lord of the vineyard make a deal with them and said, if you work for me the day, I will pay you a penny for a day work. This was the deal. And, and I think this was a very good deal. A penny, if we translate this in, in the Greek words, is a denarius. A, a, a denarius is what a, a Roman soldier they pay for one day of work. So we are comparing the, uh, the work of a Roman soldier with a farmer because they will pay exactly the same for one day of work. So I think it was a very good deal to pay one penny for the whole day of work. There was an agreement. The Lord said, I will pay you a penny and the laborers, they say, yep, yeah, I will work for you for one day, and you will pay me a penny. But then, the Lord of this vineyard go out uh, on the third hour, that is nine in the morning. Nine in the morning, and they found another group of people. They were uh, doing absolutely nothing in the marketplace, and they hired them. And they said, whatsoever is right, I will pay you. Go to my vineyard, work for me, and I will pay you what is right. Then the Lord went out on the sixth hour, that is 12 p.m., so it's midday now, and he went and he found another group of people, laborers there, and he said, uh, he hired them, and he said, go to my vineyard and I will pay whatsoever is right. And then he went 3 p.m. on the night hour and, and, and find another group of people to work for them. Finally, these Lord were on the 11 hour, that is 5 p.m. And they found a group of people that was, were, were uh, doing absolutely nothing just waiting to be hired. And the Lord of the vineyard, they go there and said, work for me and I will pay whatever is right. So finally, this day of work finished. It's now it's 6 p.m. And uh, the Lord said to the steward, just get together all the laborers and pay what was the deal to, to each of them. So I suppose there was a, a queue of people and the steward, they put a table and they start paying, uh, paying uh, what was the deal with one, one of them. What is really interesting for me is that the Lord of the vineyard asked them to start with the last group of people and finish with the first group of people. And we will see why it's important. 
So what happened after that? 6 p.m., the stewards start paying everyone exactly what, what was the deal and what supposed to do, and he started paying. What happened then? Let's read uh, verse 9 to the end of the story. Verse 9 says, And when they come that were hired, about the eleven hour, they receive ever men a penny. But when the first come, they suppose that they should have received more, and they likewise receive every man a penny. And when they have received it, they murmured against the good man of the house, saying, These last have wrought about an hour, and that has made them equal unto us, which hath borne the, the burden of the heat of the day. But he answered of them and said, Friend, I do what I do thee no wrong. Didst not thou agree with me for a penny? Take that time is and go that way. I will give unto uh, this last even as unto thee. Is it, is it no lawful for me to do what I will with my, with my own? Is thy eye evil because I am good? So the last shall be first and the first last. For many be called but few chosen. This is how the story finished. And um, I think it's, it's, it's important to, to, to notice uh, certain things have happened on the second part of the story. The, the steward, they, they, they start paying everyone, but again, they start with the last group of people, and they pay a penny. Yeah? They hire, and they said, I will pay whatever is right. And at the end, they receive a penny each. And then uh, uh, the other group of people that they work only three hours of the day, they receive a penny. And then the other group of people that they work six hours, they receive a penny for their work. And lastly, the, the, the first group of people that they work 12 hours on that day, 12 hours, they receive a penny. It is fair for you to see how much they receive, even though that one worked one hour, the other works only three hours, another group, they work six hours, and the first group, they work 12 hours. And they said, we take the heat of the day. We work too hard. And they receive how much? A penny. It is fair. Just think about it. And I think many people think that God is not fair. Many people say, well, if this is like the kingdom of heaven... The kingdom of heaven is not fair. It's, 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 uh, uh, it's unfair, you know? Because what, if I'm the, the last group of people that receive the penny and I work too hard, why? These people that they work only one hour, they receive the same thing. It's not fair. And for my kids... Always, this word is always in, in, in the mouth. It is not fair. It is not fair. And, 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 and I think this happened with us. Many people think that God is not fair. When we see people, when we see poor people in, 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 in the world that is uh, starving of food, we think, well, if God is God, if he has all the power, why is so many people suffering? Why this situation is so oppressed? If God is in the throne and he has the power to do something, why 
he doesn't do something when it's so much unfair in this world. And, and we start thinking like that. And, and we said, you know, uh, people are resent with God and said, I don't believe in God because God is unfair. God is, 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 is a God that is in heaven, nothing to do with me. I saw so much suffering in this world. And if he is God, he needs to do something with this suffering. Many people think like that. Many people think that God is unfair. And if we take this parable, potentially we say, well, it's unfair. The group of people paying exactly one penny for do less job, and they pay exactly the same. And, and we start comparing, and we start uh, thinking that unfairness of God. Well, let me tell you, Romans chapter 6, verse 23 says, The wages of sin is death. This is exactly what we deserve, death. Because the, uh, Romans chapter 3, verse 23 says, That all we are short of the glory of God. What we deserve? Death. We deserve punishment. We deserve to be in hell for all eternity. This is what we deserve. If God is fair, this is what we deserve. Because the wages of sin is death. But the gift of salvation. The gift of salvation says, uh, uh, the gift of salvation is eternal life through Jesus Christ. And this is the grace of God. This is the gift of God. When we deserve punishment for our sin, grace and love and mercy came. And they give us what we don't deserve. We don't deserve his love. We're talking about the love of God this morning. We don't deserve it. But he loves us. And, and he, he, he had mercy upon us. And he had grace upon us. Do you see that God is completely fair? It all depends on our perspective. Our perspective. Um, and if we look uh, at the, the story of this parable, we can apply certain principles of this, or we, we can take uh, at least five different principles of this story. And, and we can apply in different situations. So, for example, we want to answer if God is fair and take this uh, uh, story to respond to this question, is God fair? Well, let me tell you. The first principle, the agreement. The agreement that was in this story. How much uh, they, uh, was the deal to pay for the first group of people? A penny. This was the promise. This was the deal to pay a penny. How much they pay at the end? A penny. So they work for 12 hours and they receive what they was promised. So the agreement is important. So sometimes uh, we, we, feel, uh, we feel offended or we feel uh, unsettled or we feel resentful with God. But we need to be careful because God is fair and there is an agreement and, and, and he will pay us according with his, um, with, uh, not according with our deals, deeds, but according with his grace. The agreement was to pay one penny and was exactly what they received. The second principle is false expectation. Verse 10 says, uh, let's read, verse 10 says, But when the first come, they suppose that they should receive more. They suppose, because they was at the end of the queue. And when the first day you start receiving their pay, they say, well, if they receive a penny to work one hour, 
I will receive at least two or three pennies because I worked 12 hours. Do you see that was a false expectation? They suppose. Who tell them? Who tell them that they will pay more? They suppose. And, and, and sometimes we presume things. And sometimes we assume things. And we jump into conclusion just, just mentioned this morning. We presume things. But we need to be careful with what we presume. Um, and what we suppose that God. Sometimes we have a, a different theology in our head. That theology that is not according with what the Bible says. And we think that because God is God and he, he had all the power, and he has, he can do everything that he wants. But sometimes we suppose things. We suppose because we don't have the big picture. And when we see uh, and when we compare with others, we suppose. So next time when you suppose, it's much better to go to the world and then affirm what the, 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 the word of God says instead of suppose things from God. So this is another principle that we can apply. The third principle is complaints produce discords. Complaints, verse 11. This group of people, they suppose that they will receive more, more money for their job. And then they were complained. They were not happy. And they start murmur against the good, good, good men of the house. And, and they, they, they start complaining. And you know what happens when people are not happy? And, and, and they want to make an, an statement and they want to, to uh, poison other people, you know. And they start murmuring and they start, because they, 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 they have a point, you know. And they want everyone to be agree with you in, in your point. And this is exactly what happened here. First, they supposed something, and they were not happy. They start murmur, and, and they start complaining. Uh, sometimes we, we think that we are so special, and that we deserve too much. We deserve. Because we, we work hard, or because we are more intelligent, or because we serve more, we deserve more. And, 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 and sometimes when we get what was the deal and it's too little in our eyes, we start complaining. We start murmur. And, and, and we start in discord with God. And we have this spirit that, you know, God, I deserve more. I work so hard for you. I suppose that you will protect me. I suppose that you will give me. I suppose. And when didn't come these things, you start murmuring and you start uh, unhappy and, and, and you start complaining for things that doesn't happen. So you need to be careful with that. Another principle is the Lord gave them what was promised. Verse 13. Verse 13 says, But he answered, the Lord of, of the house answered one of them and, and said, friend. And I like this word because he mentioned friend. The Lord of the house, they can say, you know, go away. I pay what what supposed to pay. Go away with these complaints. But the Lord of the house called them friend. And I like that, friend. And, and, and they said, I do thee no wrong. I don't, I, I, I'm not unfair on this deal. Did they not agree with me for a penny? And how much they pay? A penny. So they pay exactly what was promised. And, 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 and let me tell you that God, uh, he will not give us everything that we ask for. But he will give us what he promised us. What he promised is what he gave us. Uh, he, uh, the Lord of this story, they pay what was the promise, a penny. The Lord, they will give us 
what he promised us. Do you know that there is, uh, uh, the other day we, we, we see a, a video, someone counts 7,000 promises that are in the Bible. 7,000 promises that are in the Bible for you. If you take one single promise every day, you have promises for the rest of 20 years. The next 20 years, you can take promise after promise after promise for the next 20 years. 7,000. God, they will not give us everything that we want, but he will give us his promises. Every promise that he gave to you is 100% sure that you will receive. It's important to know the promises of God. Do you know the promises of God? Sometimes we are expecting blessing. Oh, God, bless me. Bless me. But when we go in pray and said, God, you promise me that you will be with me today. And I need you today. You promise me. Be with me. Because you promise. Take a, 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 a very different uh, situation in our life. You promise me that you will uh, provide for me. And you open the fridge and there is nothing there. God, you promise me that you will provide for me. Take the promises of God as a yes. And, 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 and it's like a book check. Uh, Spurgeon says, you know, every promise is like a blank check. Just put every day what is the promise and pray to God and said, you promise me. Now, it's important when we talk about promises to know who promised you. Who promised you? And if the person that promised you have the resources and the authority, uh, you, 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 you will be safe in your promise or he will be safe in your promise. For example, if I promise you, I don't know, the crown of England, I can promise you, it's not mine. You know that I will never give it to you. It doesn't belong to me. But who promised you? Who made the promise? And this God that we have, have all the resources to fulfill his promises. So be sure be assured that he will uh, give to you what he promised to you. So the deal was, uh, was, was a fair deal. Um, and, 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 and then uh, uh, was based on the promise. And the lot of this story, they fulfilled what was the deal with the promise to pay one penny. And this is exactly what uh, happened in the story. Another principle uh, is comparing with others produces jealousy. You know, everything was okay in the story. When, when the last one, they compare what was paid to the first one, this is when the trouble starts. When you start comparing, when you compare to others, this is when jealousy and envy came in, in your mind when you start comparing. And normally we compare with people that have more than you. Just compare with people that are less favored than you and you will feel blessed. All the time I said to my kids when they are in the table and say, oh, I don't like the veggies. I don't like this food. And I said, well, just compare with people that are in Africa dying for food. Just compare with them. Uh, and make a lot of sense. Make a lot of difference when you compare with people that have less to you. But again, comparing produces jealousy. There is people that are comparing all the time and they are jealous. Because they want exactly what the other people have. 
And if my neighbor have a new car, I want a new car. And if my neighbor have this, I want that. Exactly the same. And envy is, if I don't have the car, I don't want no nobody to have the car. And this is worse, you know, we are envy, we are uh, full of jealousy, and this is exactly what uh, the Bible describes as an evil eye. Evil eye. Uh, verse uh, 15 says, this evil eye doesn't allow you to see the goodness of God. You know, all these people were, were in, in the marketplace doing what? Nothing. Nothing. They didn't, they, they are just waiting to be hired. And, and, and just wasting the time. But uh, now they have a job. They have a pay. Uh, but because they are jealous, they don't, uh, this jealousy, this evil eye, doesn't allow them to see the goodness of God. And sometimes happen to us. Sometimes we are so jealous with other people. And why, God, you bless so and so and not me? Why, God, you give this and that and not, nothing to me? And we have this evil eye that we blind to see the goodness of God. What we deserve? Punishment for our sin. What we have? The grace of God in our life. Um, and, and I think we need to be very grateful because... God having uh, take us in, into a Christian life and give us a new life. Yeah? And, and, and he promised uh, to give salvation to each of us if we take it. So we need to be careful uh, and, and, and apply these principles of the story in our own life. Um, and, and sometimes, you know, the, the problem in the story for these men, this group of men, is why you are making equal. You, you remember what is the verse that says, the complaint was, verse 12, that you make us equal to all the workers. The one that worked one, one hour and the one that worked 12 hours, you make us equal. And, and the beauty of salvation is, is that we are equal, equally sinners. We are equally sinners, and we need a Savior. And, 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 and this is the reason that we should complain with God for things. We, we are equal sinners, and everyone needs a Savior. If we apply these principles for salvation, is God fair? What we deserve is punishment and uh, health for our sins. But salvation makes us equal. Everyone needs a Savior, and we need a Savior. The gift of salvation is equal and is offered for every one of us. Now, we know the story, what happened here, but I want to spend some time just tell you what was the reason of this story? Because we start, you know, Jesus spoke and, and said, the kingdom of heaven is like, and tell us the story. Now we know the story. What happened? But why? What, what this story is there? Well, we need to go back to chapter 19. And chapter 19 is talking about this rich man. And, and probably you know the rich man that they approach. Jesus, and they talked to him and said, Good master, what I need to do to go to heaven, to go to heaven and to inherit the kingdom of heaven? You remember the story. And Jesus said, Well, you need to fulfill the law of Moses to keep all the commandments. And this young man was uh, really. Uh, jumping into conclusion and say, well, I already kept all this since I was young. And uh, the Lord Jesus said, well, just go, one, one more thing, just go and sell everything and go and give it to the poor. 
and he was sad. And, 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 and the reason is because he didn't fulfill the whole law of Moses. What is the first commandment? To love the Lord with all your heart, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And the Lord Jesus in this conversation just make the, 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 uh, he revealed what was in, in his heart of this young man. When, when he said, well, just sell everything and give to the poor, he was sad. Why? Because he didn't love the Lord Jesus, the Lord with all his heart, with all his mind. The, the Lord doesn't want us to go and sell everything and go and feed the, the, the poor. The point is, the Lord wants us to love him with all our heart, with all our mind, and with all our strength. And this is exactly how uh, we can be saved. And, and then, the first question on, on this, uh, verse 25, uh, the disciples in verse, uh, uh, chapter 19, verse 25 says, When uh, his disciples heard this, they, they were exceedingly amazed, saying, Who then can be saved? The disciples, when they heard that, you know, these young men have been kept all the commandments, and now he needs to uh, uh, sell everything and, and feed the poor, the disciples, they were extremely amazed. They were extremely amazed, saying, who can be saved? And I think it's a very fair question. Who can be saved? If these young men are doing the right things and he is not safe, who can be saved? You know the answer? Verse 26. Jesus held them and said unto them, With men this is impossible but with God, all things are possible. And I think salvation is a miracle. Things that are impossible for us are possible for God. Salvation, to believe, and, 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 and that transformation of salvation is, is a miracle. Whatever is impossible for us is possible for God. It is hard to be saved. Because this, this was the question that disciples, they were ex exceedingly amazed. Who can be saved? Who can be saved? It's too hard to be saved. Well, what is impossible for us is possible for God. It's possible to be saved. If we put, if we put the trust in Him and we believe in Him. The second question why this parable on chapter 20 is there is um, uh, continue with this uh, verse in chapter 19, verse 27. And I like Peter. Peter is, uh, became, I, I, I have been reading about the life of Peter lately, and he's one of my favorite characters in the Bible. I identify too much with Peter. He jumped into things and he asked his bold to ask questions to, to the Lord Jesus, to take the sword and do things. And, uh, you know, it's like a very rustic. And sometimes I identify with him. But he had a very good question. And he went to, to the Lord Jesus. Verse 27 says, uh, Then answered Peter, and said unto him, Behold, we have forsaken all, and follow thee. What shall we have there for? It's a very good question, and sometimes this question is in my mind. And I'm so glad that Peter made this question to the Lord Jesus directly. Because he said, well, you said that it's very hard to be Christian. Everything is possible with God. And then Peter jumped into the conversation and said, well, what is for us? What I will gain? You know, I, I, if I forsake everything in my life, if I forsake, if I left everything for you to follow you, 
what is for me? What, 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 uh, what is my gain in this game? You know? And, and he is so bold, and, and I'm so happy because sometimes this is my question that is in my mind. Is, 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 is worth it to be Christian? Is it a gain? Is for us to be Christian? Is uh, is again? What is for us to be Christian? What, what is after for us? And um, is worth it to go to the second mile? Is worth it for us to put the other cheek? Is worth it for us to love our enemies? Is worth it for us to be persecuted for his name? It is worth it to be Christian? What is for us? If, if we left everything for him and we follow him, what is for us? Do you know the answer? Verse 20, 28. And Jesus said unto them, and this is so excited. Because we have an answer. Verily I said unto, unto you. That ye which hath followed me. In this regeneration. When the son of man shall sit. In the throne of his glory. Ye also shall sit upon twelve thrones. Judging the, twel- the twelve tribes of Israel. And everyone that hath forsake houses. And brethren. Or sisters. O father, O mother, O wife, O children of O land, for my name's sake, shall receive handful and shall inherit everlasting life. But many that are first shall be last, and the last shall be first. There is an answer to my question. When I, I, I said to my mind, it is worth it to be Christian. It is worth it to try to be holy. It is worth it to follow Jesus. And the answer is, it is worth it. It is worth it. And the promise of God to Peter was, well, if you follow me, even though that you left everything, and you left your family, you left your land, you left your house for my name's sake. You will receive a hundred times more when I will be sitting in heaven. And you will sit with me in heaven, judging the nation of Israel. Wow. What a promise. What a promise. And I'm so excited because it is worth it to be Christian. To leave everything and follow Jesus. There is a reward. There is a reward waiting for us in heaven. Uh, and then says, shall inherit everlasting life. We have everlasting life if we follow the Lord Jesus. Are you excited with that? We have everlasting life, eternal life, if we follow the Lord Jesus. And this is the reason that this story of of the labors in chapter 20 came across, because the Lord Jesus was answered this question to Peter. Peter was so bold to ask this uh, question, and I'm so happy that he did, uh, and because we have an answer. so the parable of chapter 20, many people think, or some people think that, you know, uh, the application of this parable is because people can be Christian in different stages of life. People are uh, safe when they are nearly to die, or people are safe when they are kids. So people think, you know, the interpretation of this parable is because uh, is different stages of life and you know the group of laborers that they came and worked 12 hours is people that potentially they receive the Lord Jesus when they are kids and have opportunity to serve the Lord for a long period of time 
But there is people that, you know, they received the Lord Jesus uh, a few weeks before. We, we, we heard uh, testimonies. A few weeks before, we no much opportunity to serve the Lord. Well, people think that this parable is talking about that. You remember the thief that was on the cross? Uh, a few minutes before he died, he received and he believed in the Lord Jesus. And then a few minutes later, he was in paradise. And then you see the life of Paul. That he worked for so many years serving the Lord, doing extremely good things for the kingdom of heaven. And people say, well, this parable is, is, is for that reason. I'm not too sure about that. Some people think that, you know, that this parable, the application of this parable refer to how the gospel first uh, came with John the Baptist and then Jesus and, 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 and then uh, the, the, the church in Pentecost and then the Jewish and then the Gentiles in different times. They think the interpretation of this story is like that. And I'm not sure if this is the correct interpretation. Some of my Calvinist uh, friends thinks that this uh, parable, this story is about salvation because uh, many, many that are called to be saved, but a few there is chosen. So talking about Calvinism um, theology. But I'm not sure about that. Because in this story, every man, every group of man received the penny. Every man was called out of the market to go and work, and every man received what was promised. There was no a group of people that they were called, they worked, and they didn't receive the pay. So many people are called, but... A few are chosen. So I'm not sure if the interpretation of this parable is correct for my Calvinist friends that I have some. I think the interpretation of this parable is talking about the grace of salvation and the rewards. The rewards. The rewards that we will have. Um, and uh, this parable was to answer the question of Peter. What will we have if I follow you, he said, well, you will be sitting with me. You will have everlasting life. And also talking about this story about rewards, about to get something uh, and, 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 and to work and to serve and to get the promise that we have. Uh, and, and, and I think the interpretation of this parable is about rewards, rewards. Uh, in, uh, for, for the service. But sometimes we will be, and, and I think that disciples, they will be surprised of how God make the rewards in heaven. Because we think sometimes if we work and we serve the Lord for doing amazing things, well, I will receive enormous blessing in heaven. I'm not sure about that. Because uh, the rewards in heaven depends of what God is and of what we are. So it depends of his grace. He pays us according to his grace. Um, is, uh, uh, we work not to receive something. We work uh, and we serve the Lord not because we want to be saved. We serve the Lord in gratitude because we are saved. And, and this is our duty to serve him, to honor him, to uh, obey him, to love him. Because this is our duty. Not because we will gain the salvation. It's nothing that we can do to gain, to gain the salvation. I'm so glad that uh, I had been called and I have been chosen. To be honest, I'm not sure what is my place in heaven, but I will be there. And it's, it's fair enough for me. 
I'm not sure how is my place in the table of the Lord in heaven, um, but I will be there. I'm not sure what is my reward in heaven, but I'm so glad that I will be there. And uh, this makes me to be grateful for the wonderful salvation that we have in the Lord Jesus and make me to do and obey and love him and to do things that uh, uh, please him, please him. Uh, the Bible uh, call about rewards. Uh, you remember the five uh, crowns for rewards? The crown of incorruptible crown that First uh, Corinthians chapter 9 verse 24. And First and Corinthians says, run, run uh, that you may obtain the price, Paul says. And the price is the incorruptible crown, a crown that is awaiting for us. Just run and get the prize. The second crown is the crown of joy. First Thess- Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 19. And um, this is, this is a, the crown of joy when Paul says uh, the Thessalonica church, you are my hope, you are my joy, you are my glory. And, and it's, it's a very amazing crown for people that share the gospel to others and said, I'm not sure when was the last time that you feel joy when someone accepts the Lord Jesus, when you share the gospel to them. There is joy that is beyond comprehension. Uh, I have opportunity to witness people that for many years still they are in, in, in the gospel. And my joy is to see them how they, they grew in, in the Lord and, and doing things for the Lord. Uh, not because I'm worthy, but because they received the, the, the salvation through the, the, the grace of God through the Bible. And this is the joy, the, the crown of joy that the First Thessalonians chapter 2 talks. Uh, Peter says, you church Thessalonican, you are my hope, you are my joy, you are my glory. And there is wearing the crown of joy. Another crown is the crown of righteousness. Second Timothy verse, uh, chapter 4 verse 8 says that we have been taken uh, and, and we have been imputing the righteousness of the Lord Jesus in us. And this is the only token that we need to go to heaven the righteousness of the Lord Jesus. And this is a crown, a crown that is reserved for us. Another crown is the crown of glory, First Peter chapter 5, verse 4, that is special for elders, pastors, that are serving the churches, the, the crown of glory for them. And the last crown is the crown of life. Revelation chapter 2, verse 10 says, uh, this crown is reserved for Believers that have been faithful unto death. And if you have been faithful until the last moment in your life, there is a crown of life waiting for you in heaven. So there is rewards. If you serve the Lord, you have everlasting life, but also you, you have rewards in heaven waiting for you. Let's stand up. And let's finish and open your Bibles in one of the last promises. Just stand and we will read Revelation chapter 22. Talking about the 7,000 promises that we have in the Bible. Well, this is the last one in the Bible. The last promise from the Lord Jesus. Revelation chapter 22 verse 12 says, And behold, I come quickly. And my reward is with me, to give every man according as his word shall be. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Blessed are they that do these commandments, that they may have right to the tree of life, and may enter in through the gates into the city." Enter in into the gates of the city. 
the Lord promised that he is coming quickly. Quickly. He said, I come quickly. Verse 20 said, surely I come quickly. And this is the last promise of the Lord Jesus for you. I'm come quickly to take home, to take you home. Uh, and what blessed assurance we have in the Lord Jesus.